whiskey woman, and so are many of my friends. We like to drink whiskey, learn about whiskey, and hunt for rare and unique bottles of whiskey. What we don't like is that somewhere in time, the world of whiskey became a boys club. In this podcast, Women in Whiskey, Stop Mansplaining Me, we'll talk with trailblazing women who are shattering the glass ceiling of the whiskey industry. We'll hear from master distillers, master blenders, brand ambassadors, all the women from field to glass who are shaping the whiskey world today. Join me for a taste and a chat with some fascinating whiskey women. Welcome to Women in Whiskey. I'm your host, Leanne Sims. And on March 3rd, we had a tasting where we Zoomed Mel Heim in. Uh, she's from Big Nose Kate. Uh, we were in a beautiful venue, Goodell Station in Columbus, Ohio, and we had some fancy new equipment. Unfortunately, we forgot to press record. So I am going to recreate the first part of the podcast and tasting for you, and then we'll pick up where we uh, actually did press record. Um, so as I said, uh, Melissa Heim, co-founder, partner, head distiller, and blender at Big Nose Brands, uh, was our guest, zooming in from Portland, Oregon. Uh, Mel drinks her whiskey neat. And... In talking to the audience, I said, I'm sure that when they bought, all bought their tickets to learn about Big Nose Kate Whiskey, they thought they were going to learn about a tough, ambitious, and multi-talented woman. And they did. In fact, they learned about two of them. Most of them already knew the story of Big Nose Kate. And you can find out the story online. You can just Google it. Uh, she's best known in movies and uh, in books as uh, Doc Holliday's girlfriend. Um, she was a Hungarian immigrant. He was orphaned, and she ran a brothel for a while. Uh, she was quite the entrepreneur, very tough lady in the West. And then the other amazing woman associated with this brand is Mel Heim and when Mel was nine years old, she became the youngest Taekwondo black belt in Oregon. And by the time she was 18, she added two more belts and a teaching belt. I mean, that's just so impressive. She went on to college at the University of Oregon where she studied English. Um, she ended up working at Rogue Distillery in Portland, Oregon. And the distiller there wanted to go to law school. And so he wanted to teach her how to run the distillery, be the head distiller. At first, she wanted no part of it, but then it kind of grew on her. Uh, so she apprenticed with him for five weeks and shadowed him and then took over production. Uh, then she moved on to Eastside Distilling, also in Portland, Oregon, and she became the master distiller there in 2012 when she was 29 years old. Then in 2016, she was named EVP. She is the first master distiller and blender west of the Mississippi and probably the youngest. She also has an altruistic side. She was the co-founder and president of Clear Boots Society, which is an organization that supports women's leadership in the spirits industry. That doesn't exist any longer. It was rolled into a, an, another organization with a similar vision and mission. 
She is an avid soccer player and has been, been doing 20 years mixed martial arts. She's won multiple awards for the spirits that she's created. I mean, that's just so impressive. I, uh, I interview so many impressive women on this podcast. I always think that I couldn't find one more more impressive than the last, and, and then I do, and then I meet somebody like Mel, so pretty wild. Um, so about the whiskey, we tasted it. It has a big nose, as she intended, spicy on the nose. It opens up with a kind of a dry sherry, cherry fruit flavor. Um, you can definitely taste some grains, um, and then it finishes with some light baking spices. It is 90 proof. And it is a blend of different barrels. And so when we pick up the recording now, um, we are talking about how she created this whiskey, how she had to um, get samples of barrels from all over the country um, to decide which ones to use. And that's where we will pick it up now. So you wanted a big nose. How do you achieve that? Oh, stylistically. So looking at the individual components of the whiskeys, um, you know, one of the ryes I chose being pot distilled had a high ester content. Um, and the flavor of that spirit is just going to be highly concentrated. So, you know, when you're blending, you have your base and every, you know, your base components, majority of the blend, and then you're going to add what I call the salt and pepper. So you really only need a little bit of these things, but it's going to make the whole thing pop. Um, and that's where these, specialty whiskeys kind of came in. Um, and I knew that we'd be able to go through a journey if I could figure out again, the ratios and the proof. Um, so it's not too, uh, ethanol forward, you know, I kind of want some of these flavors to be mellowed and, and be able to be showcased. Um, and that was just finding those right, you know, spices to put in. And there is no corn in this, right? There's zero corn. Wow. Yeah. Would you guys have guessed that? No corn. So it's it's a it's rye and malted barley, a lot of malted barley. That's it. That's pretty incredible. That just kind of blows my mind. Um, so tell us about is is this big nose Kate? Is that actually a picture of her on the bottle? Yes. Yeah, so we worked with the archives and the historians um, at the Historical Society. There are very few images of Kate's. There's a lot of fake ones, um, but we were able to get the sign off uh, that this is very much most likely her. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they said, they said, you know what? We're conf so confident it's her. If you found someone who said it's not her, they would have a harder time proving that it's not than through the work they did to verify it was her. So this is the one image that people, you know, kind of say, yeah, that's her. And there's another um, one when she's uh, a little older um, and she had married her second, her husband at that point. But that's really it. And then the label is shaped like a tombstone because she's deceased. Is that? Ooh, you caught that. Um, yeah, the arc is really, that's, I like how you found our little Easter eggs. Um, it's because she was present. It was our little nod of her short period of time with the herbs and Doc Holiday, um, because she was present present at the shootout at the OK Corral um, in Tombstone. So, uh, so yes, yeah, yeah. Aha. yeah, we we spent a lot of time alone, so <laughs> we could think of all these things. 
Awesome. So I want to ask our guest, does anybody, does anybody want to share their thoughts on, uh, on the whiskey? What did you guys think? Okay. This is Alan and it, it might just be my imagination because of the New Mexico stuff, but I swear when he, when Blair first poured it, I was smelling hatch chilies. Nice. <laughs> was that by design? Uh, no, but there is a very, the, the rye that is produced in the column still has a very intense peppercorn um, profile. So if you're picking up the peppercorn being mixed in with some of the vegetal flavors, uh, then absolutely you might, you might get that. Um, one of the ryes also has a little bit of smokiness to it. So putting those three together, um, I'm not surprised that you get a little hatch chili, although they never met. Not produced in a facility that roasts chilies. <laughs> well, Ellen, you maybe you just have a really sensitive palate. So it's interesting to me, Mel. Um, you know, most master distillers are engineers. You're an English major. You yeah. just have a natural talent. And that's that's very special. You just started out because you had a really good nose, right? Uh, that is what the, um, the former distiller told me. Yeah. He said, you have a, you kind of have a nose for this. Do you want to learn how to do it? And I said, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what these machines are. Um, but that's all he said to me. That was it. And, um, and then he asked me a couple more times and I said, sure, but let's not tell anybody in case I am not good at it. So it was all behind so the scenes. So was there one thing that you were like, oh yeah, this is, this is for me. It was actually rum. Um, so the distillery at Rogue was on the second floor, right above the pub. This is before the safety is what it is today. <laughs> um, they would never allow that now. Uh, but you could just smell this fermenting sugar and these, you know, really intense aromas. And I was just drawn to it. I was like, what is this? Like, this is amazing. Um, and when he, the distiller there, you know, we'd, we'd sample things and, and kind of talk through it. And I'm from Portland. And so I come from craft beer. Um, so this was, you know, kind of a, a natural next step. And I really understood the fermentation side. You know, I said, what, what is exactly happening in this process? And then he told me, and then the end result, I was like, I didn't even know that's how any of this was done. I was in my early twenties. Um, and that was it. And I, I kind of, became slightly obsessive about it. I was like, I need to know more. And I was just a bit of a shadow to the point where I wasn't really doing my job anymore, but you know, no one really noticed for a while. <laughs> um, but he was like, he was like, well, what do you, what do you taste with these? What do you smell? And he was just, that's the way he approached it too. He wasn't trying to bombard me with his scientific process. He said, you know, backwards. He's like, what do you taste? What do you smell? How do you feel? You know, what do you think that was? and just asked a lot of questions and kind of led me, um, to come to the conclusions. Um, and having learned that way and having sort of that side of the brain be my dominant side, um, that's the way I was able to kind of approach and then learn the technicality afterwards. I was like, let's talk about flavors and how you got to this. And then, then we'll go and you can tell me what this nozzle does. <laughs> <laughs> so you're physically in Oregon. Yes. And this, the distillery, is it in Santa Fe, New Mexico? It is. Yes. So how does that work? It's an awesome commute. Um, 
So, <laughs> it's about 17 hours. No, I, um, have a really, uh, so we knew we didn't want to build a distillery because this is, we're entrepreneurs and this was again in the pandemic and we were sort of taking a chance. We got our own money into it. We're like, we know we want to do this thing. Um, what we really need is a rep, a reputable, um, and responsible, pardon me, and talented co-packer. Um, and so I put, you know, a call out to my friends within, you know, the American Craft Spirits Association and in other places and said, Hey, I have this project. I was, you know, it wasn't really forthcoming. I'm like, does anyone know co-packers in the Southwest? It was really important to us that this be where Kate was because I could easily turn to my former employer employer here and say, Hey, would you guys want to co-package this? Cause they do co-packing. And, um, but for us, it was like, we need to take her home. Like we need to go to a place that is like more reminiscent, um, of, of where she would have been. And man, if the stars didn't align on this one, uh, my friend Kaylee Shoemaker, another whiskey woman, um, who came from Breckenridge, and then was the master distiller for um, Hangar One, you know, these small brands, small company called Proximo. Um, she was starting her own distillery in Santa Fe proper. I said, you have to be kidding me. She's like, nobody knows, but I'll totally, you know, you can use my facility. So um, she lets me, you know, I'm honored, um, use her facility to produce this. Um, and I fly down. We've done two batches now where I go down for four days. Um, do the blend, let it sit, marry, you know, do all the sensory. I have her and her team at my disposal as a panel, which is great. Um, and then we bottle and I come back home. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Does anybody <laughs> have any questions for Mel? So I have a question. So big nose Kate, she was your muse for this. Do you have someone else in mind for a future whiskey? No. Um, I. The thing about Kate is that I really don't want this to be a ploy or kitschy. Um, you know, it's not, not really uh, pandering to an audience. You know, Kate is a female, but this isn't a, a woman's whiskey. I wouldn't even know what that means. Um, for me, this was just a step um, of progression in the whiskey industry. And we even led with that as sort of our, our guiding light to the decisions we were making. Um, there's, you know, Jim, Jack, Johnny, dad, uncle, granddad, great granddad, great, 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 great uncle. And I was like, I'm, you know, it's, it's a lot. Um, and if there's just one, if there's one formidable woman who can be on that shelf, and that was the goal, um, this is her and we're going to do it and we're going to, we're going to make her shine and we're going to take Kate to the top. That's the goal. Um, this isn't a line of spirits, not a person, you know, building a personality series. I think there's going to be a lot of activity around Kate. Um, I'm hoping that it sparks a little inspiration. Um, you know, mimicry is a form of flattery. I would love to see a bunch of women up on the shelf on labels and be like, bravo, join Kate. Um, you know, <laughs> internally we say pull up seat you know, if there's a seat, pull it up. Um, so right now it's just going to be Kate. I do have some, you know, brand expressions and product expressions I'd like to release later. Um, but, but Kate, Kate's our woman. She's our one. Very cool. Where can people get Big Nose Kate? 
Yeah, currently Big Nose Kate is sold. Um, you can buy directly through our website. Yay for e-commerce! Um, I, you know, waited the first twelve years of my career to to be able to sell directly to consumers in some way. Um, so our website um, has a shop button and it ships to forty-two states. It's the most easily available product. Otherwise, we distribute into uh, Oregon, Arizona, New Mexico, and California. Nice. All right, everybody, go online. Get your yeah. bottle. It's very reasonably priced. It's under $50, right? It is. Yep. By design. Yeah. I think $34.99, something like that. Yeah. $38.99. No. Can you ship to Ohio? I think so. Um, so our, the, We're going to check that out. Yeah, the broker we use is Speakeasy. Um, and they they just opened two more states. So they're really at kind of the forefront of, of the e-commerce push for spirits. Um, and that's, that's why we chose them. They have accessibility. Um, but yeah, 3899, uh, you know, I, I spent the last five years EVP of a distillery, um, and I can also blend margins. So that, that's a special talent. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for being our guest tonight. We really appreciate it. So fascinating. Love what you're doing. My last question is, if you were to walk into a saloon in New Mexico with Big Nose Kate, what do you think she would think of this whiskey? Uh, I know. What an odd thing. Um, Kate did enjoy whiskey. I, I mean, she's humble. Uh, I, she'd probably say, you know, thanks. Maybe no thanks. I don't know. Um, I think <laughs> I, my hope, and I'm just going to push my opinions onto her, um, is that she would be honored. Yeah, I bet she would. I'm sure she would. Anybody would. You'd be crazy not to be. All right. Well, thanks again. And uh, cheers. Yeah, cheers. Have a wonderful evening, everyone. You do the same. Bye-bye. Bye. Remember, friends, the only wrong way to drink whiskey is to not drink it at all. Cheers. Big thanks to Snarls for our music. That song is called Marbles. And if you like what you hear, there's a link in the description of our show. So check them out. This has been a Last Call Productions production.